Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Young Minds Podcast. Ooh, that was off. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> so in this I'll podcast, in we talked about... This was our question podcast. Yes, but in the beginning, we talked about suicide increases in young adults. That wasn't a question? teens. That was wasn't a, a question. Oh, that was no. just something you read. Interesting little article I read. Um where we discuss why it's increasing or we're speculating as to why it went up, but mm-hmm. I think you'll agree with us. Um, also, we went into the questions portion of this podcast and I had the question asked, what do you preach that you don't practice enough yourself? Ooh, are you false, Frank? Am I, do I'm you false? tell people to do stuff and not do it yourself? I do don't do exactly what I say. Uh-oh. Do you follow people? Oh, that was last. That was last <laughs> podcast. Can you um, read God your damn. questions? You had questions, right? <laughs> I have questions. I have uh-huh. questions. Here we go. I have... Um, After me. I saw you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you didn't listen Uh-oh. to the last episode, you, yeah, you're lost. That. But that's funny. That was a good one. Yeah, well, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Go for it. See me after class. Follow my I saw you posted a picture of Kratom to your Instagram story a couple days ago. I heard that that stuff was so bad for you. Why would you use it? You heard wrong. Yes. Wrong. Kratom good. You mentioned using testosterone last podcast. Again, things I'm mentioning. Because he's a follower. Are... <laughs> that made no <laughs> sense. That was a reach. <laughs> you went way too far on that one. Aww. You mentioned using testosterone last podcast. Aren't you health conscious? Steroids are really bad. Thanks, bro. But uh, you're wrong, too. Oh, man. Well, uh, you're right. And you're wrong. There's a middle ground. As for You'll hear it here. Here we go. And the last one, which was uh, iffy. I don't think anyone. Who cares? We did it anyway. Yeah, we talked about it. What's your take on the LGBT community? We'll leave that up to you to wonder what we feel about that. And now the intro. Here we go. Hey, Frank, what exactly does it mean to be growth minded? Well, Justin, I'm glad you asked. It's a state of mind where you realize you don't know everything, but are open and willing to learn more in order to achieve more. And how does one know where to learn these things? What if it's false information? Well, bud, that's why you listen to the Young Minds podcast, where they tackle the most up-to-date and relevant topics with unfiltered discussion aimed at optimizing this video game that we call life. Wow, I'm excited. I think I'm going to go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, and Facebook. <laughs> like, I don't want to shit on it and ruin it. I was like, maybe we could add something at the end. Oh, I, don't, I don't Hey, guys, welcome to the Young Minds podcast. We were just waiting for somebody to shut the fuck up in the background. Oh, but wow. now we're... No, but they're good. They're cool people. They're just being loud. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to episode 63. Uh, this is the episode where we answer a bunch of questions that we got on the DMs, right? Yeah, on the daily messages. It's kind of how it works. Oh, it's direct message. Yeah, but Actually, it's daily. I was literally about to ask you what does DM stand for? <laughs> really? Woo! Woo! Okay. Oh, well, oh. let's get started with yeah, it. Yeah, let's just go into it. No, but actually, honestly, before we go into the questions, because it is pretty structured, I was reading a crazy article that kind of opened up my eyes a little bit or let's hear wider. what crazy is no honestly it's it's nothing to really joke about for but frank crazy is like the nucleus of the atom was seen to uh split in half right here when you have cortisine and cordyceps well that was a well put joke thank you all right so oh you tried these. so hard not to laugh and not to shit on me <laughs> <laughs> i have to shit on you um so i read that suicide rates for white children and teens between seven, I'm sorry, seven and 17, went up 70% from 2006 to 2016. 70. 70% from seven years. So there's a lot of sevens in here, so I don't want to confuse people. Ages seven to 17 
from the years 2006 to 2016. So over the course of 10 years, which is a pretty critical 10 years, Mm -hmm. um, the suicide rate has increased 70% in white children. So So if you're seven seven years old. You got to do the math. You can't handle it. Here we go. 2006. <laughs> anyway, go I'll get on with my uh, with with the big issue here, which is kind of, I want to say it's pretty obvious um, what the issue is on top of another issue, which kind of goes in the background. Um, first issue, what came out around 2006? We had MySpace. We had all these social media sites. So like you have anywhere from AIM up until MySpace, where we had social interaction that continued throughout the life the throughout the life cycle of the kid right so uh the daily cycle of the kid not the life cycle right so they would wake up in the morning they'd have no social interaction until they got to school right then from school throughout the entire night there would be access to other people so depending on your social status right i feel like kids they were exposed to the fact that they were either popular or not popular for a majority of their day, right? So if you're in class and you're not mingling with, the, you know, the quote-unquote cool kids and you're not, you know, getting talked to by the person that you like and they're not showing you the attention that you're looking for, then you go on AIM and you go to try to talk to them and they, they have, you know, I love, you know, I love Jeffrey and it's like they don't love you and you're sitting there like, okay, now the girl that I like is, has a boyfriend and all this shit, right? So your head is constantly thinking of how you're inadequate and I've noticed that there's a direct correlation between the times, right? So 2006 to 2016, that's when social media got really big. So I feel like kids are, they feel inadequate and especially, and in here it said white kids. And it said that black actually went up 77%, but the rates are actually, I mean, the uh, the numbers are way less, but in black children, they went up 77%. But they said that blacks don't commit as many as much suicide which i don't know what how do you, that what even do you makes think, sense yeah like how is there even a race difference i f- honestly though i feel like suicide is something where you you're so confused you're not under a lot of pressure you're more confused you're extremely like alienated and i feel like in white suburbia it's a lot easier to feel alienated because you have so many good things or you feel and like you have it so there, easy do you think there's less sense of a community in like the white suburbia thing? I really do feel that way. I feel like there is a community between, I guess, some sort of elite class, whether it be you're good at sports or, you know, you have high grades, you get praise. But then when you don't, you get, you have to rate yourself amongst other kids. You have some sort of psychological development issues. Well, also, what's the population? White versus black. It's not 50-50. No, it's definitely not. That's why they were saying the, the actual number is way less. Mm-hmm. But the rate that it went up in those time periods actually went up higher than in white but there are way more instances of white suicide right so i could, you can notice the, uh, that there's a term affluenza so you, when you're really affluent right so if you're from a family that has you know a, you're upper middle class and you don't witness struggle so you don't have to really fend for yourself you don't develop the skills and the character that it takes to kind of get through shit um so then you you really face the world with this blank stare you know, and then things don't come to you in a positive way. Well, that's exactly what it is. Because I, I was actually talking to someone yesterday about kids and social media. Funny enough, you brought this up. And I was explaining that in high school now, I heard from uh, the, the kid I train in yeah. Mineola. Uh, and I also heard this on a podcast. I'm sure you've heard it too. That in high school, if there's a party, right? And you're at this this house party and you want to go talk to a girl. Oh, 
you don't yeah you've heard it right mm-hmm. you don't just walk up and talk to her that's considered like whoa what the fuck are you that's doing weird. that's weird like you're this kid is weird you find them on social media whatever it may be get their friend requests if you're not a friend a friend yet or if you are a friend like dm them or something and then once you talk back and forth on that through for a little bit then you could approach them and we were talking that which is the weirdest thing i've ever heard it's like you have you're not learning any skills to go and talk to someone. You're breaking down that first barrier barrier of awkwardness and then approaching. And then um the person I was talking to this about he said that there is a bar, I don't know where, but there's this bar where the whole gist of it is that you download the app for the bar and you you scroll through people who are there. It's got like a thing on it, the app that shows like a 50-foot perimeter of everyone around you, right? On the app. And um, you can go and pick through who you like and, like, chat with them on that in the same bar, dude, in the same room, and then meet up with them. And, like, once again, that's cool and all. You know, it it sounds cool. It's like, oh, that'd be a cool night, right? But if that becomes the norm, just like you said, you're not building yourself anything when it comes to – like, you don't have balls. You don't have – you can't walk up to anybody and talk to them. All that social stuff is gone. And then it might not seem like a big problem on the surface – but if you grow up in that, you, it's exactly like you're saying. You're not, you're not socializing. You're you not have armed. nothing. You're not armed with the tools. Yeah, right. Like, it's, it's emptiness. And yeah. what is depression? Depression. I don't. I don't know exactly, but I'm assuming I've heard. You know, depression is when you feel empty. You're extremely sad, and to the point where you take your own life. Right. Oh well, yeah. That's suicide. The extreme. Suicide that's, is the spectrum. To the, to the point where you're so empty and feel nothing where you're like i don't want to be here anymore yeah you feel alienated you feel helpless you feel like the world is not in your favor and i feel like a lot of that has to do with having a flat line experience what i mean by that is like you don't have That's the heights way to put and it. you don't have the the lows to carve out your character so you're really sitting in this nerfed out world where you really don't encounter any issues so now your your problem solving skills are really really dull Right. And then when you encounter a problem, it's like, holy shit, the walls are closing in on me. I have nothing. little problems too. things yeah. that aren't even. But that's the thing. So issue. You're finding issues with social media. Right. So these kids who don't have the wherewithal, they don't have the ability to to look into the future and say, I'm going to get out of this situation sooner or later. I'm in a very closed, tight niche uh, town. Right. So I'm in a high school, which means what? 300 to 1000 kids in my my grade, in my peer group. Right. So I'm really not talking to much other people but now they have the ability to view the entire world and compare themselves to those people and see their best while they know individually they know their worst right so now they're comparing their worst to other people's best and thinking that those other people's best is the common and most frequent oh that's true because when we grew up we only compared ourselves to what we had in high school yeah and we didn't have supermodels walking around and like got ken dolls walking around no, right? no, Maybe there was people, one, but, but we that's perceive it. them as the Ken doll or the the Barbie. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Like, we we're like, holy shit, that girl's the hottest girl I've ever seen. She was the one of two hundred. Yeah, but realistically, girls. she wasn't the worldwide supermodel, famous no. supermodel. Exactly. But now, what you're saying with social media is like everybody's seeing the Kendall Jenners. Yeah, like you know the, you know the uh, the typical saying like, oh, she's captain of the cheer team. Like that was always yeah, the yeah, girl, yeah. right? Of course. So that's like the two million follower verified. You know, blonde with fake tits and giant ass. Like that's what that is now today. But everybody sees. I think that fake one tits person. are not a trend anymore. I think Disgusting. it's the lips. Yes, yeah, I doing think it's it. the lips now. Stop doing them. Stop doing both. It's so stupid. Gross. But that's Nobody a cares. whole other topic. Regardless, and the ass, the ass is the worst one. Stop doing that. It's Stop hard to tell it. some of them because they do like it. They do like a small. 
They'll do like a small lift and it's hard to tell. It looks like a diaper. You ever see the Kim well, Kardashian the, the shot? Ones, you ever yeah. see the Kim Kardashian shot when she's on the beach and she doesn't know that someone like a real paparazzi's there, so she didn't get to book the angle. And it looks she like she's just it looks like two uh, toothpicks and then just like a bag. A chef's hat sideways. <laughs> it's disgusting, dude. It I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's that. like wrinkly and it's just out. It's the most it's a P. It's a P. Just look at a P and turn it backwards. But uh, anyway, so seeing this rate from 2006 to 2016, that's like the the as the suicide as the uh, social media uh, depth grew from that time period, so did the suicide rate. And there has to be a direct correlation with that. I mean, there's just just no way that kids are too aware of the good while experiencing genuine bad. Like what they're experiencing is real, but then they get the fake positive. So now they're comparing their real life to the fake good this momentary happiness they see youtubers like what is the number one thing that kid, kids want to be today they want to be YouTubers. youtubers literally like that's that's like being a baseball player a fireman a police no i want to be a youtuber like that's every kid's dream now and we have yeah, to understand so right. that that's like the new paradigm shift in being a kid that's it it's scary yet it's cool because it gives kids a unique platform to express themselves but at such a young age you don't develop the character skills of you know to have to persevere through something to like even we were slightly nerfed compared to our parents. Like, we, oh, definitely. we had go like back, keep going 50% back in of the struggle. We had 50% it's... of the struggle that they had, but the kids today have really no struggle at all. They're, the struggle is so little that they're actually increasing kids' test scores in high school and taking them from C's to B's. Yeah. They're just the struggle. The them. struggle nowadays is trying to uh, mitigate everything you're doing. Exactly. Like, there's too much of things, so you need to cut it down. There's too much of. TV, you need to cut it down. There's too much of food, you need to cut it down. That's the struggle, is trying to cut down these things now. Exactly. It's yeah. not trying to get them anymore, it's trying to cut back. Yeah, there's too many good things to where it's like when you get caught in that, your your fear now is addiction. Addiction yes. to petty reward that doesn't have that real intrinsic value, like exercise or diet. And you're not even diet, just a healthy diet. The way that that brings you value. Now you have to fight against the current in order to get it. Right. And exercise, you have to make time to go and do it because now people have to work more. They have more responsibilities, you know, things like that that we take on. And it's like now we want to pay for iPads, uh, MacBooks, the brand new iPhone, the best service provider, then a nice car. And we have all these new expenses that we didn't have back in the day. Like even when I was younger, no one had not everyone had a cell phone. Right. No way. And not everybody had a bunch of TVs in their house. They had one TV. Right. So like every all the. The threshold for what you needed in order to be satisfied was so much lower. So that's why people were able to afford shit. And, and then also like just the social community alone. You had a tight niche of people that you were close with. And th that's how you gauged whether you were a good person, a bad person. You know what's you the know? best like representation of how times have changed? It was not too long ago when it was like exciting. I'm sure you see this this comedy skit. It was not too long ago when it was exciting for someone to ring your doorbell. And you're like, oh, guests. Oh, like, yeah. oh, people are over. And you would feel no hesitation opening the door. Now, not even is that gone, but now calling someone on a phone is like, bro, why are you calling me? Just text me. They were just talking about the barbershop today and all of them were like, oh my God, I hate when people call me. Just text me. And I'm sitting there and I was just like, no, guys, like I, I hate that. What are we going to text back and forth and spend a half hour going back and forth, wasting my time trying to get one thing done where you could just call me. But it's like, you know, we've, we've separated so far from socializing. 100%. Like it's gone. Yeah, and it's like it's it's rude now to. Oh, and so, then when someone Facetimes you, dude, dude, that's Facetiming that's next level. Yeah, people get crazy with Facetiming, but now it's like 
you text, hey, can I call you? And then you call them. It's like, what is that? It was a call is made. If you're not able to pick up and I call you, perfect. Don't pick up. Call me back. You see the missed call. Call me back when, when you get the chance. Perfect. Done. Yeah. Simple. No, I totally, I agree with that. I think that that's not too big of a deal. Like, hey, can you call me right now? And then you call them. I think that's like a cool, hey, look, you're, you're free. It's kind of the same thing. I get what you're saying because I don't mind it. If you call me, you call me. Like, I don't care. I'm not sitting here, oh, I hate when people call me. I will never feel that way. Yes. But I understand the, like, the merit behind the text. Like, I don't know. Every right, time you know. I get the text, I look at it and I'm like, why? Like, and like, if you would have called me, here. if you would have called me, we would have been on the phone already. Yeah, no, I I agree. I don't mind, but I see it. Like, I understand it. But the one thing that I did with you in the beginning, I remember, I was like, yo, uh, I'm here. Like, at your house. You're like, just oh, walk into you, my house. I'm like, yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you actually, not... you were, like, freaked out when I just came to the door. Yeah, right? yeah you, you rang, and I was like, what? Yeah, He's but, at my dude, house? when I'm at someone's house, I don't know, I I'm not going to text here. I'm just going to walk to the door, ring. Someone's going to open and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Like, you knew I was coming. Yeah, no, I didn't care. It was just like. I'm eating my post-workout. Like, all right, when's he going to tell me he's coming here? It's like, here. Oh, you didn't even say it. I mean, you were here. You know, I didn't even get the text. <laughs> I don't know. That's just like. I didn't mind it. It was just new. The old like, way of oh. doing it, I guess. No, you didn't even. I remember. No. Because when people. happened. I was downstairs in my basement. And you oh, no, and I was Matt came with... into my room. And I was like, whoa. Oh, because your mom let us in. I know. But I was like, <laughs> whoa, you guys came down. Like, I was naked out of, walking out of the nah, shower. Who cares? I, you weren't naked. I wasn't, but I was out of the shower. <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah. So. I don't think technology is ever going to go away and I wouldn't want it to. So what's the possible solution? There's to this? Re- so it's really, there is no solution. The pro- Well, there's no solution, but there's a way to arm kids. Right. And I think that the number one thing that we can do is educate kids on what they are going to see and stop acting like there's taboo in the world. Like let's stop making things taboo and be more open and outright. Anything that an 18 to 25 year old is going to encounter in college or, you know, on their on their phones on the internet anybody should be able to see that i don't Mm. think that they should see it but they will see it like they should now be exposed to it because there's no way you could block it of course now what i think is is that it all stems from the parents teaching little kids because right you said seven-year-olds seven so seven-year-olds teaching little kids uh restrictions or guidelines on using technology and it kind of makes sense because if you were seven in 2006, that means your parents grew up before tech, right? In the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so those parents, I feel like, have are more lenient when it comes to tech because it's new and they're just like, oh, yeah, like take it, you know, use it. But I think when these kids grow up, the 2006 kids grow up, they know technology. So hopefully they will know that, okay, when my kid grows up, when I have a kid eventually, there needs to be guidelines and restrictions for how much use they can have on the TV, YouTube, iPads, phones, like all these things as a little kid. I, th- I just think the knowledge wasn't there for the people falling into it new. No, I completely, I, I agree. The only problem now is actual exposure to things that can change the way that they view the world and put them into this echo chamber. Like the Momo type young- thing. That, that right. but not even just things that are are more like general, right? So just the way that 
kids see a certain figure, right, who's pushing some sort of political agenda and they think that that is awesome, right? So, like, why don't we make, uh, I don't know, let's let's throw an example out there. Like, we need to save the rhinos. Like, we need to, right? And, like, a kid could fall so deep into that. And I, I, I believe that. I trust in that. I think that that's a great thing. But then you can make these kids these 100% dedicated advocates for something that's really not necessarily that important to the big picture of their life. And then now what happens is they build this huge desire and passion for something that they don't necessarily know how to get into right later on in life when it actually matters where they need to develop their skills and be someone. I don't know if maybe this technology will then follow up to where they then can follow through with that and they can, you know, live a life where they have such a niched desire and niched uh interest where they could explore it but there are some things where kids are going to be so caught up in something maybe so political or so outrageous and they're going to become such deep advocates for it and it's going to ruin their psychology and their ability to kind of i don't know move forward and and grow as an individual it's gonna be very hard you know i don't the save the rhinos thing wasn't necessarily that accurate but it's like something they can get obsessed with something that doesn't necessarily matter to their life right and yeah i don't know if that's a bad thing though because you see the little kids who get obsessed with something when they're little, they become like savants in it, you know? Yes. They become extremely dedicated to their craft. It's like someone who becomes obsessed with painting when they were five years old. Here's, here's so let, I don't, me, let, I don't, me, let me rearrange my argument. Yeah. It's the algorithm concept that creates this echo chamber for an idea. So like instead of being hit with diversity of ideas so that they can consider all avenues, they get hit with one thing, they like it, they keep researching it and looking it up and then everything that they get fed on the automatic with ads and you know the way that it gets subjectified, that can be a problem. I don't see how that can necessarily help somebody, especially when you're trying to explore every every aspect of your life, right? Mm -hmm. When you're so young, you should be into, you know, riding bikes and exploring outside and then actually being part of something instead of sitting inside on an iPad three inches from your face just looking at YouTube videos all day. I no, think it could – Hands down, 100%. Exactly. But that's the thing. So you get, you get this little dopamine addiction from everything that you're searching online like, oh, I immediately got satisfied from that. I immediately get satisfied from this. You're not looking outside to maybe encounter some sort of issues or trouble and then maybe fix your uh, – find your way out of it. Like we would go and cause mischief and be assholes outside, you know, like throw uh, a chlorine bomb into someone's backyard like an idiot. But we would learn our lesson and be like, holy shit, that was really stupid. I don't know how kids are going to learn lessons – if they're constantly inside and they're constantly sheltered and they're caught up on something that's so digital. Well, that's the whole I thing. Don't you know. don't. You don't learn, right? You don't have any growth. And then you don't know how to conquer problems. Like we, we know how to attack things or assess things because we went out in the world and did it, yeah. right? If you're sheltered and you're on something, you don't have that. And that could be an outlet of depression when – you go out in the world finally because you have to, and it's like all these things, all these things are happening, and you just can't handle it. Yeah, and you also, physically can't handle it. And also, what we talk about all the time with our clients: every time we meet a client, right, we tell them, "Look, you you are a compilation of all of the practices of your life. Everything that you do every single day, the rituals of your day, you are a product of that." So if all you did all day was stare into a screen, and the screen brought you life, what's going to happen now when you step out into the physical, real world? If the world doesn't adapt, if we don't all adapt to become like screen dwelling individuals, like I work from home, I so I socialize from home all from my screen, then they're pretty screwed. 
when they go out into the workplace, when they go out into the world to try to do anything, they're going to feel like they don't have the skills because they don't have the iPad or the phone. It's going to be impossible like to do all the work for them, to hit them with the Google search, to give them knowledge. They're not going to be able to source that on their own. It's a very scary future in that regard. It's a very, uh, I want to say, universal world in, in the future where everybody's going to know the same type of shit. We're going to have all access to the same type of information, right? So kids are out of out of the womb are going to have access to Google and then whatever their mind desires, they're going to be able to Google search and figure something out. I don't know what they're going to be Google searching though because I don't see that they're trying to necessarily do anything productive at that age. I know I wasn't. And I know if I had Google, I'd be looking at car pictures all day. I would have been a car savant. You know, I would have been so deep into the exotic cars that at some point I would have figured something out to do with exotic cars. Maybe. I don't know. You know, it's scary to know that there's no way kids are going out to socialize. They're just not. When they are together, they're all on their technology. I have not seen one kid on, on a bicycle. The only kids I see on bicycles are kids doing wheelies on their bikes and someone else is recording them. Why? So that they could then post it on social media. And then what? Nothing. So it freaks me out a little yeah, bit, man. Yeah, no, it's a uh, but I don't know. As long topic. as as yeah, as long as the environment adapts and I feel and it just started with suicide, but that's a big side that's a big side effect because kids are then gonna realize that all of their effort and everything that they are interested in is kind of null in the real world. And then that makes them feel null. So I don't know. It, it freaks me out, man, because my nieces are growing up in this world. So if it's like I gotta I got to be there. You got to help. Just try to help. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it freaks me out. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You well, know. on to the next question. I'll take this one. Do it. I saw you posted a picture of Kratom to your Instagram story a couple days ago. I heard that stuff was so bad for you. Why would you use it? <laughs> They're watching the news, <laughs> bro. Stop watching the news. Where do you news. hear Kratom is bad for you? That You know what this is? It's just like, what was it? 15, 20 years ago? marijuana is horrible for you it's the devil's work it's the devil's it'll lettuce. ruin you it'll ruin your entire life and and now look where we are everyone's using cbd thc hemp like it's it's yeah. the best one of the best things we could use for for anything almost you know yeah With i mean the, if you're gonna party and you want to use cannabis that's probably the best way to party instead of drinking alcohol hemp is if the strongest wanna... type of material the most it's uh, versatile and versatile. Every way. That's the word I was looking for. It's strong as shit, and then it also could be anything. You yeah, want. but you now look at CBD. It. There's CBD everywhere. So, so kratom. I guess we'll talk about kratom again. Oh, hell yeah! Right? Let's, I, I let's talk redo about kratom this all day. Let's redo the kratom trip. I love me some kratom. So kratom is part of the coffee family. It comes from Indonesia. Mm -hmm. They've been using it in Indone Indonesia for centuries, right? Years. Since since I don't know recorded dates, and. They've been using it just you pluck the leaf, you make a tea with it, and you drink the tea, and that's it. And what it does is it acts on your opioid receptors, right? So it's not an it's not actually an opioid, right? It's not like um, no, but any it's type like of pills or so, so heroin. It's like, yeah, so it's like your receptors, right? Your opioid receptors are this this key lock, this lock, and then an opiate would be the key. This also fits in that same lock. It's not the same key, but it fits in the mm -hmm. lock. So the simplest way to explain what Kratom or how Kratom works, right? Let's say um, your happiness levels when you take an opioid or let's just MDMA, right? Molly. When you take something like that, your 
happiness levels are through the roof. Like right now, if you're watching YouTube, my hand is raised really high above my head and I'm making the gesture as like your happiness levels are here, which that is so unnatural. And that is just ecstatic. Like an 11 out of 10. Let's let's break even higher. It, well, let's just say it breaks. <laughs> 15 out of 10, right? Okay, so So your 100%. dopamine and your serotonin and all that is just raised, shot through the roof. So Kratom, the best way to put it, which I think you put it like this, Frank, and it just makes sense to use, to use this, is it'll take your natural top level of happiness, in air quotes, and just raise it there, right? So you take Kratom and your natural happiness that you would have, it just goes to that and that's it. There's no... There's no feeling of a high, right? So when you take caffeine, you're like, oh, shit, I drank coffee. I feel this. Like, I feel the caffeine. I am riding this right now. Uh, When you smoke, you're like, oh, my God, I'm high. Like, I hit that too hard. Clear change of perspective. There is. Yeah, exactly. Clear change of perception. Kratom, there's there's really none of that. It's so mild yet. I would I would say it's like. When you're seven to ten years old and you are going to go to Disneyland or Six Flags, that feeling in your gut, the excitement and like just the or overall even now, happiness. Even now, if when you when was the last time you went to Six Flags? If I'm going on a hike, it would be okay. like what I when you're going on a hike and you're just excited. Like, wow, I'm, or I'm open for those to who don't anything. hike. I feel like more people go to amusement parks than hike. So when you're walking around Six Flags and you have nothing to do all day, but just walk around with family or friends and you're just like. It's your first roller coaster. You're going on King of the Cod. And you're just excited. You're happy. That natural level of happiness, yeah. that's what Kratom like it's, gives it's you. It's not like dedicated to something. Because in order to be like really ecstatic and happy, that has to be like an accomplishment or like a thing that you're going for directly. But like just mm-hmm. being at Six Flags, looking around and being like, wow, I'm elevated right now. That's what Kratom feels like on the on the stimulant side. Yes. On the opiate side, it just, for me, in the dose, because it's dose dependent, right? Yes. So, so talk about in that. the doses, if you're taking a relatively low dose, which would be like three grams or less. So anywhere from like one to three grams of especially like a green strain, which they have a different spectrum. Um, if you take one to three grams of this, you're usually in that six flag zone. And then after six that, flag zone. yeah, that's what we're <laughs> going to call it. But then when you start elevating above three grams, you start to hit this euphoric kind of like sedative, very dis, like you're very dissociated feeling where if you took anything for painkillers, like an opiate, if you ever took that, like when you got your teeth pulled or you had a broken leg or something, that feeling of like, oh, wow, if the house is burning down right now, I'd probably just lay here. No, not that crazy. Jesus. It's it, like a warm, it's a warm go. sensation on your face. So we don't like to take anything over three grams. Yeah, that's right? pointless. For and uh, I remember Joe Rogan talked about it once and he took 10 grams once. Yeah. And the way he talked about it on the podcast, he was like, dude, I was high as fuck. <laughs> And he was going on and on about how high it was, but, but he was saying, 10 grams. He was, he was saying he was high without like the psychoactive high, like where he felt like mush, he said, but he didn't feel hot. Like he could have a conversation. He, he was, was still he was at literate. a part, he was at a event and he was having conversations with people. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I wouldn't suggest going over three grams, but Frank and I once just to test it because we wanted to see what it was. What did we take? Like and five? And you probably heard it on this podcast. Yeah, we took five or six, mystery something like that. Dose. Yeah, it was a mystery dose, but whew, way above three. Definitely. I wouldn't. That was a. It wasn't fun. We were just staring at each other and like I couldn't see anything else besides Justin's eyes. That is just adorable. Like, uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Uh, I don't, I'm not. My thoughts yeah. are not continuing. So, so the reason why this this person might say that might have the might think that kratom is bad is because of what the government is saying about kratom yeah um and so because kratom it plays on your opioid receptors it has have it has had really good 
uh, significant work with treating people who are addicted to pills. So many, many people who are addicted to pills, like big pharma things like uh, Oxycontins, uh, fentanyl, heroin. Yeah, I don't even know the Any of the pills. opiates, right? So you have Oxycontin, fentanyl. Whatever. People addicted to those, they would take Kratom and not be reliant on those pills anymore. And Kratom being just a plant, like it's literally just a plant, just like marijuana is, there's no side effects. And they would be able to get off these pills, take Kratom, and be perfectly fine. Get over their addiction with yeah. time, you know? And one of the things that people don't understand with like natural plant supplements is that the plant has its own things called polyphenols, right? Those are compounds that come with a plant. That's all it really is, right? So it's just a – it's this like pharmacological concoction of different little pieces, right? So you have all these little pieces that can act on your body in some way. So not only are you getting – like in a pill, you're getting this concentrated version of this this uh, this chemical that then gets played throughout the body and it's very raw. It's just that chemical. So it's just like having an influx of sugar, right? So like having candy would be just sugar. You have this little bomb of sugar and not like a fruit where it comes with all these different things like vitamins, minerals, uh, fiber, water, right? The the plant itself, when you have it ground up, you have all these polyphenols and different things that act on this in a good ratio, in, a, in the natural ratio that it's found, right? So with the compound, the alkaloid, Right. With that, then these other polyphenols, they all work together so that they can mitigate how strong it really is on you and how much it brings you to that euphoric place or how much it brings you to that um, that sedated, shitty place. Right. But if we isolate it like what Big Pharma does, they isolate compounds and make you heavily addicted to things because they concentrate the things that are good in plants. So like um, opium. Right. That's found naturally. They extract these opiates out of opium. And they concentrate it into a little pill and that's what makes you addicted to it. So in order to put pull you off of these pills and make you not addicted, the goal is to give you something that's more widespread in general and not so specific to that one that one desired outcome, which would be a pain relief. You know, it's more like, yeah, there's a little bit of pain relief in here and a little bit of mood boosting and other polyphenols for oxidative stress and just to relax you and give you this holistic approach and not so concentrated. So that's what it helps with. So since it does that... Uh, Big Pharma does not like this. This is a threat. You could buy this at a smoke shop for very cheap. Uh Uh-uh. Problem. No. You're going to take away from our sales. We need to make, we need to make our deadline. You know, we need to make our, our bottom line, quota, whatever. And in order to do that, you guys need to be off the chart. You need to be off the, uh, the shelves. Yeah. Which they actually tried to do. They tried to do, but thanks to the Joe Rogan experience, Mark Bell got on there and, they uh, they advertised this uh, – what the hell is it called? Petition. Uh, petition. And then they gave a website and I went on there and I just signed my name on there, just three or four questions, and we were able to fix it and save it. And now it's legal. So uh, stay tuned, by the way. Yeah, so it, by no means is Kratom bad for you at all. But it, it's just like – there's just no like, studies to show that it's bad for you. And to be honest, we've been using it so much that I really don't see an issue with it. I'm not addicted to it at all. I see it as a tool. I think it's incredible. Well, what I was about to say is that anything could be bad for you. You take too much caffeine, bad. You know, you drink too much alcohol, bad. You take too much kratom, of course, bad. But it's everything's, I like we said, don't go over three grams. If you start, especially just do one gram. Try that. See how that is. Do it for a couple of days. And just like you said right now, use it as a tool. It's not every day. Yeah, and don't one of the things too it. is that um, a lot, some of the people I've given it to, they get nauseous. 
right? In a higher dose, they, they feel a little bit nauseous with it. And I don't know exactly why that is, right? Um, but I know that it's acting on their gut bacteria in some way. In their stomach, it's not that it's not agreeing with them, but they feel this really nice, strong euphoria prior to then this kind of uh, just a mild nausea, which is like, it's uncomfortable. It's not something It's motion sickness. I looked it up. Exactly. It's like a yes. motion sickness type. So when paired with, you know, anything that's going to help mitigate that, it usually helps, right? And then it also amplifies the effectiveness or the potency of the the compound in Kratom to help actually elevate it. And uh, we've been doing some studies, uh, Justin and I. And, some uh, literally like test runs on ourselves. Literally, yeah. Because we're looking to optimize this, this product and no one's doing it. So uh, just stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to keep that on the deal. But uh, yeah, so Kratom, thanks for asking. That's actually a perfect segue because that's a... Uh, Why? No, it's a perfect segue into our uh, little project we got going on. Oh, yeah. But we're so, not telling everything yet. We're not telling them anything yet, but we have a little project going on. So keep your minds open. Give it a test. See if you like it. And then we'll talk to you later about it. But uh, yeah, there's really nothing to worry about it. Give it a try. It it won't hurt. It's just a plant. You know, at it's the end of the day, plant. yeah. If you're not going to overdose on it and act like an asshole and try to party with it, then... Of course. I mean, of course, you can take it and completely mess yourself up. You'll be fine. Um, We're not saying to do it, but you can definitely do it. Sure. We're not saying to do it. (laughs) Sure. Sure. I would try it. Um, Oh, wait. We didn't even got another. Did we even talk about how it's a huge anti-inflammatory and pain relief? Did we? We didn't. But it it binds the opiate receptors. So drop that right there. It's very good for anti-inflammatory. For me, one properties. I remember you. had back was messed up, right? Yeah. From squatting. Was uh, your back? Deadlifting a lot. Yeah. An impingement in my like right where my pelvis and my spine meet. And how'd you take it? And I I took two and a half grams and and I went to go work out and I did not feel the pain at all in my lower back at all. Not even a question of the pain. When typically someone would have taken like a a huge amount of Advil. Tylenol? I leave Tylenol. Believe, Advil, yeah. All the same One shit. of those garbage pills yeah. that just destroy your liver. They destroy your gut too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Destroy all the little people in your gut, little homies. It's like, hey, we worked so hard for this, but. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's an atomic bomb, bitch. It's the Hiroshima. But guess of your what? Gut. You don't hurt anymore. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's be smarter with the shit that we use to try to mitigate pain and also try to increase your tolerance for pain. This way, you don't have to be such a bitch sometimes. Don't be a. Pu- uh, you got. Mm. Took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, but. <laughs> so I got a question. Someone asked me a question. Go ahead. I got um, an and this is pretty, uh, pretty personal. I was like, what do you preach that you don't practice enough yourself? Oh, Lord. And I was like, oh, man. You know, it's one thing I was thinking about the other day. And I was like, I haven't done this in forever. Um, or actually two things now recently that we were doing. But uh, first one, meditation. Like, like what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. But but, so I want to explain, but then also defend myself. Right. So (laughs) with meditation, I think it's an incredible tool. And I think you learn a lot about yourself. There are, there's a huge, huge explosion in understanding when you first do it. Right. So like not when you first, first, not first do it, but you remember the first time time I tried it. Let me talk. So when you first start, (laughs) when you first start like day one, you're not going to understand day two. You're kind of like, okay, I, I like just taking out the time to do this day three through like day 10. Right. If you do it for about a week, let's say, then you're like, oh, I get it. Like you start to visualize thoughts. You start to take a thought and say, what is this thought? Like what, what am I doing? The best thing was for me. Why am I thinking this? I would do it when I was consistent with it. I would wake up, do all the meal prep, hit the gym, do all the social media stuff. And then around three, I would have to get ready for work and leave. And that's when I would meditate. And it kind of like reset me. And 
I would always do like 10, 12 minutes of it. I could never go longer. I don't know why, but 10 minutes of it. And when I would open my eyes, I would feel as if I had completely hit a reset switch and I was up and ready with energy to go like mentally, mentally erased and ready to fill back up for the rest of the day. And it was really cool once I got that. But like you said, it did take a couple of times. The first time I sat there for 10 minutes, I'm just like, this is stupid. Yeah, it's like, like it's like I, taking I, this, your phone. <laughs> everything is so quiet. What's going on? Yeah, it's like on your phone, you just start flicking all the uh, the apps off. You start like just shutting them all down. You're like, my phone runs faster. Like it's the same thing. You're running less programs in your brain. Mm-hmm. And like I was, I did it my first time. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then something happened with in my life. I was just whatever. Something just took me off of that that ritual. But then I understood what I learned from that, right? Which was like, take thoughts and analyze the thought. What is this thought telling me about the way that I view the world? Do Is this just clout or is this something I should worry about? Is this something that I could act on now? If I cannot, then it should go into the, the uh, trash can folder. So what kind of meditation did you do? I was just sitting down and doing box breathing. And then when I got to a really sedated level, I would just let thoughts roll through my mind and then analyze them for whatever they were. So I didn't have a specific thing, an app, none of that. Okay. So for me, I got the Headspace app mm-hmm. and I paid, uh, I think $90 a year. The thing is incredible. They have so many different uh, subjects to go on, whatever you're feeling, whatever your mood is, what you're doing for the day. And this, this guy with like the most beautiful, majestic voice, British accent. It has to be British majestic. accent. Yeah. That's super majestic. I'll play it. He just guides you through. Like a little bit though. He doesn't talk the whole 10 minutes, right? He'll come in, say a couple words like this, but British. Actually, I should just play it through the speaker. And uh, when he guides you, it really helps. It helped for me because I've never done it on my own. And definitely. Yeah. And and we definitely need help. The cool part, the cool part was, um, have you ever done guided though? I've done it in yoga. Okay, so I had like so a in all, savasana, whatever the hell that shit is. I have last no ten minutes of you um, sit there. Oh, and they talk, and they right? Talk You're walking through like, a garden, Ooh. and yes, 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 yeah. yes, exactly. I had that before. And that was really like, cool. This woman walked around to put like oil on my forehead. Yes, I was like, what yeah, the yeah. fuck are you doing? Like lavender. It's usually lavender. It's uh, smelled like eucalyptus. Oh, or that. I think at the time I was still just panting because I can't handle <laughs> yoga. <'cause> I'm pussy. <laughs> so there's this one part in guided meditation on Headspace app, at least I don't know anything else, um, where they once you're in zen or whatever you want to call it once you're in meditation he tells you and guides you to like bring this light pretend a light is shining on your head and feel it coming down slowly hitting every part of your body and you have to do this kind of weird like you're in sleep but you're feeling heat and you have to kind of ignite every part of your body starting from your head down and fill up your body with light they say it's so weird to even explain but when you're doing it and you're it's forcing you to to just feel your body without moving or anything but you're like okay now the light is down to my arms i feel it in my arms you know and you it's kind of um body awareness i understand right? like i i see what you're saying that definitely makes sense um yeah play us this this british man that's exactly what i'm doing hi and welcome back and today four so as I mentioned on on day one, the the ultimate tool Just for prioritization is the ability to be present. If we are in any way distracted by something that's happened in the past, majestic, or... majestic, I might say. 
All right. He's just closing the eyes. Oh, still going? There we go. You just said close the eyes, close the eyes. Feeling the weight of the body press down. Mm. <laughs> no, it's, it's... I'm tingly. I like him. I like him a lot. I and that is, that is one thing. And we talk about a lot on the new program we're building, the mm. project we're building, and we don't do it. But the thing is, is that I feel like it's not necessary unless you feel like you're overwhelmed. I feel like it's something that you can do. And it would be beneficial, though. It. it would yes. be so beneficial. Yes. But I feel like people who have never done it before need to do it so you could learn. Because now, if I'm getting frustrated, I, I think of my thought and I go, what is this? What is I this what frustration? And at least it, it armed me with the tools in order to like kind of release some clout. Granted, I think you'd benefit from it all the time. But if you have a certain amount of time in the day and just it's not fitting right now, don't put that on your plate. You know, small steps. Just do different things. Get your life aligned and then maybe do it. But um, if you've never done it before, definitely give it a shot. That's something that I talk about. But for me, I feel like meditation comes in all different shapes and sizes. Like going to the gym and working out. I feel like I get into a zone that really puts me into a – it puts me in a different place. But it, it helps it's a lot with though. stress relief and just focusing on something else. It's a lot different than clearing your head. Yeah, it's more you're, of a you're temporary You're definitely not clear. clearing your head during a workout. It's clearing it. It's clearing it from It's not a reset. Thought. It's not a reset. No way. No way. It's way more of a reset than just like going out for drinks. Yeah, but you know? yeah. So it, it puts my mind somewhere else in an organic way, not in like some, you know, heavily sedated drug induced way where it's like, oh, I just want to, you know, <laughs> trash all this shit, get it out of my head, you know? So I definitely, uh, I don't do that as much as I should, but I'm going to start doing it now because now I'm accountable. Are you? Uh, probably not. Get, <laughs> get the headspace app. You'd like it. No, I'm just going to. So, uh, next question, which I'm really amused at, but it's, it's typical. So, you mentioned using testosterone. You mentioned, yeah, you mentioned using testosterone last, last podcast. Aren't you health conscious? Steroids are really bad. <laughs> Oh shit! They caught you. They they called me out. They called me out. Um, but that is like the biggest. My fault. What do you mean your fault? Oh, because you brought it up. I brought it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not using steroids right now. But um, that's false. That's but it's true. It's not false. And it's false. But let me explain. The typical thing when someone says steroids, the first thing someone thinks about is the guy who can't move his arms, right? Because his lats are too big, can't move around. And is just exploding out of his arms, right? Now that's not that's not just testosterone. Whenever you see someone like that, they are taking first off way too much testosterone, and it's stacked with random things like Winstrol, Deca. Deep, I don't even know the names. Things, of these things. that will Trend block estrogen yeah. and things that promote it's, absorption. Yeah, of it's 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 going way too far. Just like we talked about with the kratom, like there's a good dose and then there's a way too far dose, right? So the thing with steroids is that you see those people who are huge and automatically associate, oh shit, look at those steroids. And then obviously the people who do the thousand milligrams a week of all this stuff, testosterone stacked with everything. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to fucking die. They're going to die early. And then steroid, people say, look at steroids. It's so bad. However, the truth is doctors prescribe steroids, like just testosterone or uh, cort- corticosteroids to so many people of all different ages, perfectly, um, perfectly dosed doses that are correct for the situation and the individual and also laboratory made stuff, not something made in someone's basement. Yeah. Right. That makes a difference. So 
when it comes to testosterone, if you were to take a normal light dose of uh, 150 to 250 milligrams a week, there are not many known like really bad side effects that people think of with steroids. And that you have people who are 80 years old that a doctor will just prescribe testosterone for because they have low test and they'll be shooting themselves up with testosterone and they're 80 years old and they're fine. They can use their, their wiener a little bit. Probably better now. Yeah. So that's what I, I would never do anything that's life threatening, like mm-hmm. taking over 300, 400 milligrams a week. There's some people who take a thousand milligrams a week of testosterone. It's like, bro, what are you doing? I think, I think the number one thing to consider here is why are you doing it? Right? So when you ask yourself, why are you doing it? It should be one medically, it should be not medically, but when See, you test yourself, no, no, no this, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Like, so you have to go to the doctor in order to get tested. That's kind of why I'm saying medical. So yeah. you get tested and you see that you're low. You're lower on the spectrum and you have side effects that correlate to low testosterone. Mm-hmm. You look at all the other options that are possible without taking something that is synthetic, right? Then when all options are kind of exhausted and you still can't find the answer, I feel like then your next step would be to in, in, enhance your quality of life. And if you find that you're in a safe place where you can then rely on that supply for a long period of time, I think that there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And if you, because the problem with anything that's a steroid or some sort of exogenous hormone that comes from the outside, if you're going to put that in your body, you now have to understand that from that point forward, you now owe your hormone levels to an outside source. And, you know, that's the only risk that it bears. If I knew 100% that I could have a certain level of testosterone, like, supplied all the time, by 100% guarantee and it'll never be an issue, I would myself even think about it, right? But I know that that can possibly go wrong in many ways. And until it matters, right? So, and I say this all the time, by the time I'm 35, almost 40, and I'm starting to feel the decline, I'm like, shit, man, I'm not getting where I used to. And I still enjoy my active lifestyle. I think it would be better to take some sort of steroid, but testosterone replacement therapy, the level that is like, all right, we're bringing you back to where you were, right? We have your medical records when you were 25. This is where you were. You felt good. Everything was great. So if we get you back to that level, cool, let's run with it and just keep living life at that level, right? So you see people like Joe Rogan, um, Aubrey Marcus, these people are jacked out of their fucking mind, but like naturally looking, not crazy, but they're 50, Oh, well, Aubrey Marks is 38. He, uh, Joe Rogan's 50. Like, dude is perfect shape. He takes care of his health and he's optimizing everything. Why not keep your testosterone at the level it was when you were younger? Why not? But I find an issue when you are 23, 25, 30, and your testosterone's in the 800 to 900, and you're like, I want more because I'm insignificant right now. That's the shit where there's a psychological issue that triggered the desire for that, and that's where it's dangerous. It's like, I feel better when I drink alcohol. What do you do? You become an alcoholic, and now you're dependent on alcohol. Same thing with opiates. Like, all these different substances, it becomes an addiction. But in your case, if you have low T, right, and you feel like you have low T, and things around you are not helping that you normally would ha- that normally would help you then fuck no why not i uh, fuck yeah why not you know no 100 <laughs> percent. i mean you know i listen I everything to raise uh testosterone naturally if you're on the low side is working out eating correctly saunas and red light therapy mm-hmm. right uh all those things increase tests so for me i should have really high tests like i should actually literally have like you just said the 800 i'm at the age where it should be like seven eight hundred and i'm not which is really freaking upsetting yeah it i really is mine man i don't know 
I have no idea what mine is. You never I've got never it? I've never gotten a test before. Yeah. I've so if you didn't hear the last reason. podcast, I'm at 390, but that was late 2018. Yeah. And the ranges are 300 to 1200. Yeah. So 300, anything under 300 is like, you need medical help. Yeah. 300 and up is on the low side and I'm 390, which is, it's just weird. But you know what I think it is? And I forgot to bring this up on last podcast. When I was like 18, 19, I took about 18, 19, 20. I took about like during those three years, five different types of pro hormones. Like it was, I know it's so stupid. That's like the, first off, you never, a pro hormone is legal to buy uh, on websites. It's a pill. It's like a test booster. Yeah, it's, it's a test it's booster with other bullshit in it. Yeah. And it's so bad for you. But when I was 18, that time that they were like the hottest things to do. Everyone who worked out, it was like, yo, strongsupplements.com. That was the website, by the way. If you want to go on it, you can see it. Do you remember that? Or did no, you? No, it just sounds Strongsupplements.com like strong was the shit. You buy it. It's super cheap. It was like 40 bucks. Then you get your PCT. You get your, uh, uh, oh man, what's uh, people, PCT post-cycle therapy. You get what's the extract hurt. you take? Milk uh, thistle. Milk thistle. Mi- milk thistle. You buy your milk thistle. It's like a hundred dollar purchase. And dude, when I was eighteen, I saw like in one month of taking it because it's usually like a four six week cycle. It's very small. Mm-hmm. When I was eighteen, the first one I did, I gained twenty pounds in one month. Twenty that pounds. Is ridiculous. So what I think happened is I I literally took five of them between the course of three years, just because I didn't know any better. Yeah. I I had no I had I no you. education on this. It was. The gym I went to, all my friends in high school who worked out, they were all doing it. So I just did it with them. It was totally normal. Nothing wrong with it. And uh, and I think my testosterone suffered from it. That's I really possible. think it does. It was test, so tested last, last October 2018. I want to test it again. And then if it's still in the 300s, I'm just – I don't want that. Yeah. Because I'm – dude, I'm saunaing. I'm using that red light therapy on my nuts every day, 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. So I mean, if it's not up it feels now, good too. Yeah, it's a little warm. Yeah. If it's not up now, there's a real issue. Yeah. Well, but it's possible that I could have damaged it, it, you know. It definitely is. It's definitely possible. And then if that's the case, you know, then if you have the a cheap supply and it's medically it's a, uh, you know, created in a lab and it's trusted. Yes. Then I'm with it, you know, if it's FDA approved, whatever the hell it is, it, yeah, it is I have no clue. So what? if it's not, then that freaks me out and I'd rather not do it, but if I'm feeling like shit and I'm like, "All right, well, where's the the next solution and if it lies in testosterone let's go for it you know and you know what there's a lot i guarantee you there's a lot of people you know out there for the people listening who are on a very low testosterone replacement therapy treatment but they don't they don't look it they don't act it it's not you don't get rage from it yeah you're not flipping tables and veins popping out like that's not that's the typical that's the stereotypical look at uh what am i saying that's a stereotypical view on steroids that you are roided out, flipping shit, always screaming, banging weights in the gym. Like that's 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 your overdoers. That's your people yeah. who are going way too far. So that's what I wanted to say with this, because this person's like steroids are really bad. It's like okay, no, that's like saying caffeine is bad or alcohol is bad. Alcohol is not always bad. I think the problem with with steroids and its conception with people is that there's not a. I don't want to say there's a jealousy. But there are people who look at people who take steroids and think, oh, they cheated. Cheating, cheating. They got to this place that they didn't deserve. Eh. Like they get upset that somebody's achieving something higher than they ever will because you won't take steroids and you won't work out that dedicated. So steroids are inherently bad. Like there is also that soft 
emotional approach to it as well, which I see in people. I had that a while ago when I was like 18, 19, because I was just, I was not touching anything like that. And I looked at people and go, probably steroids, probably steroids. And like, that was always my, a way for me to say that person does not work as hard as I do. Uh, there's no way you could get to that level without taking steroids. Which I'm sure, I'm sure one day if I, if I'm on that, 100% I'm going to hear it. Because I'll always tell the truth. If I get on that, I'll tell you. You know, I'll say it on this podcast. And I'll guarantee you some, it'll be called but at the least cheater. You, and most likely you'll probably be doing it correctly. Like you'll be doing it responsibly. Oh, You're not going to be doing 100%. it like an asshole. So no way. you'll always have a rebuttal that is, you know, scientifically backed and also just well said. You know, it's not going to be like your typical schmuck where they're like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, uh, do you see me? Like they have that like <laughs> complete defensive, you know, it's not even that bad. Then they don't have anything to back it up. Oh, did you get your test tested? Uh, no, but I feel like I have no energy. So. And it's like, okay, well, then you just don't have the, you don't have the right reasons in place, but you're still doing it. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't care. Cause it's not it something that's light. It's not a light thing to just take and fuck around with. No, completely you know, it changes your, it's not like caffeine or kratom or this is like test is yeah. It's a hormone. It's a messenger for the yeah. body. No, it's very serious. Like it's a big fucking deal. But uh, yeah, anyway, I don't think it's that bad. That person, if they uh, still feel that way, then they're. They're probably they're not open minded. They're probably young. Because I thought the same thing too. Yeah. When I was younger. If I heard that from a health podcast, I'd be like, hmm, where's your credibility? If I was young. Like I just immediately wouldn't mm. like it. So mm-hmm. if they're listening, then you know. That's okay. You're there's a one day kid. There's a way to take them and there's a way not to. There's usually reasons. And if there's no reason and you're just doing it because you're insecure and you want to, you know, you feel like you want to fit in with other people, then fucking do that. You know, that's your it's your problem. But if you feel like you have low energy, you don't feel good, fuck yeah, do your thing. You know, and if you get a test and it's low, psh, done. That's all I need, you know? Yeah. Because you know what testosterone Are is. Are you it's, hoping it's yours is low? Har- no, I don't want it at all. <laughs> I feel good, honestly. I'm not just saying that. Like, I just, yeah. I feel, ever since I started doing this program that's, like, structured and I'm tracking my weights and my performance, now I have a gauge. I love that you're tracking your weight, by the way. It feels good. I know. Yeah, yeah. I bet you do. <laughs> but it feels good, man. It's nice. It's nice to be like, oh, wow, I did, you know, another thousand pounds of volume in my squats. Like compared to last week, last, uh, Why last did you do workout, so many more sets? A thousand more. Well, no, it's not more sets. So I was doing like two reps of my like 80, 85% max. Oh, so now right? I got three and then three so now instead of two and two. with like just a little bit less weight, but yeah. now you're tripling it. It's not like you're doubling it. So Do you always add up your volume and like look just at Just for the, fun. Just, okay. just to see like, oh, okay, my perceived rate of exhaustion was this on this day. And then my perceived rate of exhaustion was that on this other day. So let's see what the volume was. Oh, the volume was way higher on a mm-hmm. higher perceived rate of exhaustion. So that makes sense. Let's program it next time. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. But I needed the structure and mm-hmm. the write out. So oh, definitely doing that for now on. Did you have another question? Yeah. Is this, I want this next question to be the last one. Do you have something else? It definitely has to be the last one. Do you have something else? No, I have nothing. No. Okay. So, okay. So here we go. This is the uh, question of the hour. I saw this. Well, we both saw it and we're just like, (sighs) oh man, do we, do we write this question down? Are we going to get a lot of people pissed or no, we have, I think our go, I think our, okay, here we go. Pull the trigger. What, what's your take on the LGBT community? That's it's simple I, question, but it's so taboo to talk about. Yeah. It's like if you talk about it, oh my god, you're sexist, you're this, you're that. Like, stop. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it all out there. I have no problem what the fuck you do with your body, who you stick it in, who sticks it in you. It doesn't matter. 
Even if you have nothing to stick in, it doesn't matter. It does not You're just matter. A doll, Nobody like a cares. Surface. Do you love? Do you feel love? Cool. How does it come to you? I don't care. Enjoy it's, it's, it. Are you a good person? Exactly. That's the bottom line. Yes. But so one thing that I have to say that I do not like with this is what we talked about before. You had one and I have one. Okay. Okay. And my issue is competing in sports as a transgender where the sport category is male and there's a sport category that's female. Now, with the men, I don't think it really matters that much because there's no advantage. There's no inherent advantage if a female crosses over to being a male and goes into the male uh, arena. You're only uh, increasing your capabilities for a sport that requires output of power strength or speed now yeah, if so it's that's golf, what i want that's what i want to say that's exactly what i want to say like or it tennis. totally depends on the sport yes because if uh, a male who turns into a female and then goes play plays a female physical sport you have such an advantage yes so you cannot wrestling, tell me you don't wrestling especially if you UFC. change especially if you uh transition after puberty like once, if if you're in your 20s as a male, and like me right now, and I'm going to be a woman, I'm going to keep all this strength. It's not going anywhere, even if yeah. I take the 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 hormone pills. Yeah. And then I went and played uh, female. I don't even know. Is there female football or no, no, no? It wouldn't even be football. It could be anything. It could be basketball. It oh, could be I would anything. Dominate them. It, it, it could be track. It could be basketball. I'm, oh, I'm track, not saying track. Track's my sport. Yeah. If I go. went, if I turned into a female, f- a female. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's probably a thing. There's probably, There's probably a female. Yeah. I'm going to Google it after. I'm going to write it down. I guarantee you I find it. <laughs> a female. I guarantee you it's a term for something. Boom. But I anyway. find that out. Yeah. I would smoke all of them. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. So I don't, I don't even know necessarily if you would, right? For that. Spe- oh, I do that with the times. I know the times, what my time in high school, what I had. Oh, so you would. Okay. And I would. I literally would. Okay. So regardless, right? There's MMA. There is um, what's it called? Wasn't Wrestling. there an MMA fighter who was trans and she was beating th- the I shit thought, out of everyone? I thought I think it was I thought it was Cyborg, but supposedly she's not. Oh no, it was CrossFit. There's a CrossFit. CrossFit that's it. CrossFit. Athlete. Yes, that's, was a man, now a woman, and she mm-hmm. is winning all the Destroying. medals. All the medals. Now, see, for me, that's a problem. That's a problem because the women who were born women are working at their hardest dude that's the women are pissed off you have a generally broader core a broader shoulder distance you could fit more muscle the the bone mass is denser we're way more suited for physical contact you know what the issue is with this that us saying this we're not against you being a transgender person they'll find we're not against that we're against like the winning or or the 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 competition the competition like it's just not fair competition always has to be fair right otherwise it's just pointless yeah and then other so, people argue like oh what no, if we did different uh, recovery techniques and different therapies versus someone who doesn't and then because a trans person you know, will hear what we're saying right now and be like oh my god they'll take it offensively like we're coming at them for being trans which is not true yeah. the one issue with trans is the com- the competition stuff it just it like i said before it's just not fair it doesn't i can't see it fitting anyway unless yeah. it's a sport that's just not physical if it's not physical like golf maybe yeah golf uh, tennis chess all the any competition that has to do with like brain power and just maneuvering pieces or solitary things like it could be even ping pong you could do it where you're just kind of hitting a ball back and forth you're not touching the other person's no contact there's no and then even there's like also there's also an Olympic expression. lifter. There's an Olympic lifter who's a transgender. 
and she's destroying all the women. That's what it is. Yeah, I didn't, I don't that one too. That. I saw that a couple days ago. Regardless, I, CrossFit or Olympic, they're basically the same. It's gonna be a anything, clean anything press physical. Snatch. Yeah, and you know who's pissed the most? That's not us people talking about it. It's the I women in that sport. Less, but I think that yeah, it's I can give a shit that... less too. But like the women in that sport, because think about it, you're a female and you're in the Olympics. Well, Olympic lifting, right? Is your is your career? You spend all day on this. Everything you do, your money comes in from it. Your whole life, and then some dude comes in. I'm a female now and just starts wrecking everything, taking away your sponsors, taking away your medals. It's like, bro, fuck out of here. Bro. <laughs> bro. Yeah. It's like, bro, get oh, out of here. Yeah. No, I, I'm not. And I don't even think there's like regulations where you have to get like the surgery. So you could still have a dick and balls and like testosterone a little bit in you. That I don't know. But uh, I, do I don't know think I think competing. it's so brand new that there's no regulations yet with it in the sports industry. Yeah, I don't know. That's my only issue with any of the letters of the acronym. I, I, I honestly, I find I'm surrounded by multiple lesbian women who are fucking awesome people. Nothing wrong with them at all. So it's when they, it's when someone assumes that they're being outcasted for being a certain way, and then they get very, very vocal and hyped up about it. So Sometimes that's that that's my me, issue. With- where I'm like, you're just you're. You're insecure about your who you are as a person. Don't be that. Don't be insecure about who you are. Yeah. So, and what, so what you're saying, and you'll fucking kill. You'll crush. So what you're saying is the the people for some reason it's only the the people who are gay. Some of them are so like pushy about it. They just have to tell everyone. I mean, you ever you ever meet? Because I have multiple experiences with someone. In my, I've met really flamboyant men who flamboyant hit on me directly. Thing? No, no, but like they're very. Uh, I'm using that as a very. They're very. Uh, animated about it and they exaggerate it and then taunt you yeah it's like a circus that dude. i'm like look and i don't even have like a legal issue with it like fuck it whatever i just you're a shitty person and a lot of shitty people are gay like there are shitty people yes and then there could be shitty gay people so when you come across a shitty gay person just like if you come across a shitty white person a shitty black person you start to over exaggerate and start to encompass every one of that designation into that shitty category that's where you're ignorant if you don't like gay people because you had one bad gay experience with some with somebody one bad experience with a gay person right then you think oh everyone's bad that's where we have a problem yeah that's that's silly you're prejudiced and you're an idiot but and I just don't like it. It always like you always find that one person who has to shove it in your face that they're gay. And it's like, what are you trying to prove to me? Like, what kind of act are you trying to put on? Like, just stop. Yeah, but if I you don't. say that, it's like, oh, what I've are you against gay? Before. I've had it in my class, like, in my school. Like, it was just like the kid had to nonstop just be as vocal, as loud, as uh, animated as possible. And it's like, dude, it is 6 a.m. right now. Like, I'm in first period. Just chill. Like, yeah. stop. You. Everyone hates you now. Like yeah. everyone hates you. And then if you hate him, then yeah, you're it's like, oh, you're homophobic. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, bro, that's so not true. Like just because you're gay doesn't mean you have to be like that. They don't connect with each other. Just yeah. be normal. Yeah, I literally. have a family friend who's gay and he's amazing. He's a great dude. Normal conversations. He's not fucking waving his arms everywhere in circles and like looks like he's swimming while he's talking to you. Yeah. He's not like high pitch and screaming and like slapping you. And it's like normal conversation just like we're having now. And he's yeah. gay and everything's perfectly fine. He's a fucking human. Yeah, like exactly. there's no issue. So that's that's one thing with, I guess, and for some reason you only find it with gays, right? You, don't, I don't really What's that? like just the circus act. <laughs> I don't know what you're. Talking. I you ever I see a straight person who's like, I'm sh- I'm straight, but they won't say fucking, it. <laughs> like like what is that? <laughs> I'm fucking cis male, bro. I'm fucking <laughs> cis male. Nah, I I don't hear that shit. But I def obviously yeah. I mean, 
but then that's also even with like being a minority right like you you own that like that becomes now your crutch and that's how you go through the world like oh what was me feel bad for me i marginalized that's where i have a problem because then when you don't own it then you become different in like by doing that you become different now now that you think that people are oppressing you you now become different and you become the outsider now you're setting the stage for you to be kind of alienated from me you're doing it. It's not me. I could give a shit less, you know? And I know that there are a lot of people who are just intolerant. Like, I know a lot of really, really stuck in their ways older white people who are so, so, or I don't even want to say white people, just super religious people who are like, oh, no, if my son was gay, I swear to God, no. Like, <laughs> that's the perfect There would be an issue. Exactly. Then they would have an issue with it. I'm like, well, fuck you. You're an idiot. Like, your your religion, what what is it? What's ruining your op- ability to well, open your mind? Well, it's just the time they grew up, those people. Exactly. They're usually really, really old, and it's the time they grow up. Yeah, and, and they'll be gone. Once you like, grow up in that age, like, that's it. There's yeah. no, you don't change the mind of an 80-year-old, you know? No, you don't. Exactly. So that's so where, just like, forget people that. Are... Like, you can't get upset at that. Yeah. It's like the Duck Dynasty thing. Remember that? Remember that story? Yeah, yeah. You said something about faggots. Yeah. You the... said the word faggots, and people are like, oh, my God. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's like, it's okay. this dude it's who's 80 years old, or or 80 years old, grew up in the forest of like the swamps of louisiana his whole life it's like yeah. what do you think he's gonna right. he's gonna love gay marriage like no yeah, what, like what do you think his views are that's what they are accept it and just live your life bro yeah no I'm, i it's 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 not important even yeah. to talk about you know i but think I, I could care le- i could care less about the lgbt you know why because they're humans we're all humans it's nothing special to be lgbt you're yeah. you yeah you're definitely you're not you special. be you you're not special don't look for special treatment don't act like you're something special. If you do something that's like great and great for the world or great for your family community, cool. You know, you're going to get the same respect. I'm going to give you the same respect I'd give you for doing something great. Yeah. You know, there's no difference. And that's the way everyone should look at it. Like if you put them on a pedal stool, like a fake pedal stool, just because they're the minority, what is that? You're not, yeah. they're not equal then. Both people are wrong if they, both sides if we're even calling them sides, even talking about it, making it like, oh, they versus us or us. It's versus not. Them. You're all it's human. Not. Exactly. So it's you're like all. So human. if you are gay and you think that you're different than the general public, well, then that's already wrong. You're already creating the 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 problem. The wall. The, the, You've the already, split. Exactly. I don't care what you are, who you are. Like if you're a good person and we talk face to face and you're just a good person, that's all that matters. Yeah. Like, that's the bottom line. The individual. That's it. I don't care. This whole like LGBT. Like what is this statement? And the problem too, also in uh, in Canada, they are forcing people to use pronouns, different pronouns. So like preferred pronouns. So I prefer to be called Zer, not Sir. So don't assume my <sighs> gender. That's in the law now. So how does that work if it's in the law? So you like, can what if I file, just walk up to you? You could file for harassment by saying this person refused to use this pronoun when um, appointing me. Right. So like, excuse me, sir, can you move? They'd be like, um, I don't like to be called sir. Like that would be the, the transaction here. And then if you go, I don't give a fuck what you are, just move on. And that person will sit there, hmm, they'll perk up and be like, oh, well, I think I have a case here. And then they get the law involved with what we could call each other. Like, shut your mouth, man. Get out of Dude, here. You're just, you're just crying for exposure. For attention. You're crying for something. It's such an easy way to get recognition it, without working for it. That's really what it is. You want to be noticed. And what does that solve? That makes everyone mad at you. Exactly. But they don't see it that way. That makes they the whole world go, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. That's pit, that pity drive. 
is something that I I've never understood why you would ever want to get. So there, that's actually real. Low. That's real. Like you, yeah, that's, yeah. In Canada, court look it up. cases. Look right it up now. in Canada. Yeah, uh, enforced pronoun usage. So they have freedom of speech, except this and that and this. And like so, what if like what if it's like the here. first time when I bump into someone on the street? Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. And they say like they didn't like that, and they can they take me to court just for that first time? They would, yeah. They but can. how would I know? How would I know what to call them if I just you exactly the problem? This is exactly the problem here. Because I say ma'am all the time. I think it's proper. You know, when I worked in the steakhouse, not it's anymore. gentlemen, ma'am, not miss. Anymore. There are classes. So if I we bump talk- someone and we I'm just talking- like, sorry, ma'am. We were talking to people who go to Stony Brook and they were saying how they have oh, yeah. these classes on gender appropriation. Fuck you. I think, you know what? Caitlin <laughs> said this once and I think I shared on the podcast, but Caitlin, I forgot what happened, but she goes, <laughs> she goes, we need a plague. We need a plague in this whole world, like a plague to yeah. knock out people. That's what Bill Burr says. Does he? Yeah. He's like, we need a plague. We need to start sinking cruise ships. My dad always said that we need a starvation to happen. People need to starve and see what, like, like just totally. something. Yeah. Because it's like. supply is shit anyway. If, if this Might is what you're well. complaining about, that someone called you Her they feet. instead of, or your, they. is your That's bad? Even, okay. Is they, they's oak bad or it's, yours it's bad? It's not as bad as assuming. Oh man, <laughs> shut up. I got pissed when you just said yeah. that. <laughs> Triggered. But if you're, if that's what you're complaining about in life and so pent up about, that means your go life is the, perfect. Yeah, go that to means like there's the nothing Dominican wrong Republic in your life. Yeah, go to the like Dominican Republic. Like you are so Republic. cuddled and nerfed out. This is what we were talking about in the beginning. This is a perfect loop back to the social media and why everyone's committing suicide because uh, everything's nerfed problems. out. There's no issues, you know? Yeah. I, it tires me. It gets me tired. Yeah, you just yawned. Actually. Yeah, I yawned. Definitely not a fan of the whole I am. Yeah. Well, I hope we don't get movement. a lot of blowback on that one. Nah, good. I don't think we said anything wrong. Nah, we'll, we'll wait till we get the blowback. Okay. Let's see. Well, <laughs> All right, guys. Well, <laughs> I have no more questions. Either does Justin. So we are going to wrap this bitch up. And with that, you guys enjoy your night, day, morning, yeah, afternoon Thank shift. you for listening. Maybe see you next shift. time. Later. Bye. I'm not fucking leaving. No!